Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today. Coming up on NBA Today, we have the latest on both Kristaps Porzingis and Jamal Murray's injuries and when we could expect them back for the Celtics and Nuggets this season. Plus, the Liberty took down the Aces to secure this year's Commissioner's Cup. We break down how New York recently got the upper hand on Vegas this season. And 12-time All-Star Chris Paul sat down with Jonathan Gavoni to talk about his, his role on the Warriors and why he is happy. All that and more, NBA Today with Cheney starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. It's your girl, Chaneo Gwimike, here holding it down for Malika Andrews. And I'm also joined by Bobby Marks and Tim McMahon and, of course, the big fella, Kendrick Perkins. Hi, fellas. How are y'all doing? Great. Okay. great to be here. Perk, how's Houston home? How's Houston? How's back home? Uh, it's hot. It's hot. It's, I tell you what, though, it's about to be big fella season in a couple of months. Oh, we already know. <laughs> it's already here. We have so much to discuss today, yeah. but we start with news about another KP, this one, Kristaps Porzingis. The 28-year-old center tweeted yesterday that he will unfortunately miss the upcoming FIBA World Cup where he would have represented Latvia because of a lingering plantar fasciitis issue. That means he has foot problems, y'all. Okay, producers. Uh, the Celtics confirmed Porzingis will rehab the injury four to six weeks, but is expected to be cleared for training camp. So, Perk, I have a question for you. Is this a big deal? Is this a little deal? Or is this no deal for the Celtics? Oh, this is a huge deal. To, to, to think about what they gave up to get Porzingis in, and this is why I haven't been a big fan of the trade, and I said that I actually need to see it. I need to see Brazingas in those pressure moments. I need to see if his body is going to hold up through a long season and through a postseason where they're trying to make a championship run. And so when everybody else was saying, you know, oh, the Celtics, they got Brazingas, they're going to be the favorite. Not I, and this is part of the reason. Because he has an injury history, and when we talk about guys like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, we need to start uh, mentioning Porzingis. He's right there in the conversation of availability. And so until I see it on the floor, I'm still going to have these same concerns that everybody's everybody's been having since he was drafted by the New York Knicks. Tim, thoughts? Yeah, look, with Kristaps Porzingis, you worry about his health even when he's healthy because durability is always going to be a huge question mark with him. He's had problems with both knees, uh, you know, his back, now, now it's a foot. You know, Rick Carlisle, when KP was with the Mavs, you know, he told me once, he said he might be fragile, but he's not soft. And Carlisle was actually sticking up for him. His point was the problem's not his toughness. It's just that his body betrays him a lot. So this isn't coming back off a of knee surgery, but anytime there's a health issue with KP, 
your antenna goes up and your concern goes yeah, up. Yeah, that, that's understandable. He, he might be fragile, but he's not soft. I like that. That's a bar. Bobby, how concerned should the Celtics be with depth this season, especially hearing this news? I was already concerned about their depth before the Porzingis injury. And when you look at certainly where is Malcolm Brogdon with his health? Remember, he missed that, that game seven against, mm -hmm. um, against Miami here. And when you look at Robert Williams, certainly the wild card. And, and, and the big picture of it is they traded Marcus Smart and Grant Williams for Kristaps Porzingis. So addition subtraction here and Derek White is now the starting point guard and when you look at that depth that is certainly thin and if Porzingis is out they're, they're mentioning four to six weeks right before training camp um, I've already have concerns and I've got more concerns certainly right now well last year the Celtics were number two in both offensive and defensive rating perk are you more concerned about their offense even though they have had firepower without Porzingis or do you think their defense is what really they need to get back to I'm not concerned about their offense because we, we're, playing, we're living in times right now where nobody is really strapping up across the league, okay? But defensively, I worry about their front line. And as Bobby talked about it, we know about Robert Williams, right, and his health, his, his health issues. And then Al Horford, he's not getting younger. He's getting up in age. Hell, he's going to be uh, – able to qualify for his pension in about five or six years. And so when you think about Porzingis, we're talking about a Celtic team, again, that is about championship, not getting through an 82-game season, not making it to the conference finals, not having to get a good run and being bounced out in the second round. No, winning a championship. And winning the championship comes with being healthy and being available. And then when you get to the postseason, you think about guys having to lock in defensively. We watched a guy like Michael Porter Jr. accept the challenge for the Denver Nuggets and become a better defender. We watched Jokic become a better defender last postseason. Can the Celtics front line hold up and be better and be what they need when it matters the most? And that's when they're trying to compete and hang banner 18. Yeah, that is the big question. But personally, it is an absolute bummer to not be able to represent your country. If you're someone like myself that has dealt with Knicks and Knacks, it really is a bummer. But it is a necessary precaution, which leads us to our neighbors in the North. And speaking of championships and champions, where Canada basketball announced today that Jamal Murray will miss the upcoming FIBA Men's Basketball World Cup. Last season, Murray played 65 games and was a major force in driving the Nuggets to the aforementioned first NBA championship in franchise history. Team Canada will open their World Cup group stage against France on Friday, August 25th in Jakarta. Now, Jamal Murray, he stated, quote, when I came into training camp, I wanted to see how my body would respond, respond after a long and demanding season and if I would be physically able to compete at the highest level required for the World Cup. But I have made the decision to not participate in the tournament. It's still a dream of mine to represent Canada at the Olympics, and I will support the team every step of the way as they pursue this goal. Now, obviously, certain talents like Jamal are you know, Olympic caliber. But, Tim, what do you make of this decision? Honestly, I, I was surprised that it took him this long. I mean, Joker ruled out playing in the World Cup uh, pretty much right after the season, and especially for Murray. He missed a year and a half. He came back, not only played a full season, but – you know, he's playing well into June at the highest level of his career, heavy minutes to help them win that championship. So to, to go right into the World Cup uh, would have been surprising. I think the, the silver lining here is he did go through a camp with Canada. As he said, he wants to play in the Olympics. That at least let him establish some kind of chemistry, some kind of rapport with that group. And look, Canada is still loaded. 
they're still going to throw out a starting lineup that's got, you know, a nine figures of NBA salary uh, out there on the floor. They should be able to qualify for the Olympics for the first time in a long time. Then hopefully for him, he can join that group next year as they're heading to Paris. And this is quite normal, right, for guys of his caliber, this Olympic level talent, to be able to exercise his option to play in the World Cup or not, right, knowing that you are likely to be on the Olympics? Yeah, no, no question about it. And I also wonder if seeing his Nuggets teammate, Vlako Chanchar, unfortunately, he saw the, the risk of playing in FIBA basketball, you know, goes up for a dunk in an in a exhibition game for Slovenia, tears his ACL. I, I wonder if Jamal Murray looked at that situation and said, as much as I want to play this summer, it's just a smart thing uh, to put the, the Canada squad on hold. Yeah, and also let's dive into, you know, what else he could have looked into because, Bobby, how do you think this upcoming contract extension might have also played into this decision? I, I think it has to, and I think certainly we had Tim mentioned that playing deep into the season played was probably the more significant role, but Murray has two years left on his contract. He's eligible for an extension up until October 23rd for three years, $144 million. If he earns All-NBA this upcoming season, that could increase to five years, $300 million plus. And for a player that missed the 2021-22 season with that injury, I don't think you can risk going out, and I certainly respect him going to training camp to play for Canada, but I think what's out there in the future of his future earnings here is certainly certainly a priority. And how do you see Denver really positioning themselves to hopefully repeat this up upcoming NBA season? Well, there's a lot of questions, right? You lose Bruce Brown and you lose Jeff Green, and now you're relying on your bench, well, certainly with Christian Brown and some of your younger players. You brought back Reggie Jackson, but that bench is unproven. Mm -hmm. Peyton Watson, who they drafted a year ago, Julian Strouther, who they drafted, they're going to we certainly rely on, on youth here, and I think that's where the depth comes in where you can't, you know, a Jamal Murray injury would certainly, that would knock them out of repeating next year. And speaking of that, you cover the West quite proficiently. Where do you see the Nuggets stacking up against the increased parity with a lot of talent aggregating in the Western Conference this year? They're still the team to beat. I mean, they, it's not like they've struggled to win this championship. Let's be honest, the Denver Nuggets cruised through the playoffs. They swept the Lakers in the West Finals. Yes, they have some depth issues. Yes, they will be relying on some young guys who I think, you know, they've got a pretty proven track record as far as being able to scout and develop talent. That's what they're counting on for their bench. But as long as they've got Joker, Jamal Murray, and that starting five healthy, the Nuggets are the clear favorites in the Western Conference. Perk, you heard that? I know you love oh, the Lakers. Whoa. Are the Nuggets the clear whoa. favorites? <laughs> no, no, they're not. And it's hard as hell to, to uh, re repeat. When you talk about winning the NBA championship, one, you want to try to make sure that you bring everybody back that that actually was part of that championship team. And we know two people for sure that's not coming back is Jeff Green and Bruce Brown that played a significant role for the Denver Nuggets in winning the championship. But to talk about Jamal Murray a little further, when you think about playing into the and playing into June, okay, and then all of a sudden you didn't Teams that didn't make the playoffs, Jamal Murray didn't already play two and a half more months of basketball than those guys. And then now, all teams, majority teams, report back to training camp right after Labor Day. So the season is right around the corner. Again, we can look at examples, guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, 
remember when they when when they won the championship, it was what a week or two. They hopped right on the on the private jet and went met uh, Team USA and went played for and went won the gold medal. And we remember how they came back the uh, following season. They were tired. Their bodies were breaking down. It's a huge adjustment. But again. Pump your brakes for a second because the Phoenix Suns going to have something to say about it. This emerging young team and the, the Sacramento Kings are coming and the Los Angeles Lakers, they get a full training camp up under their belt with a healthy Anthony Davis and I am him, Austin Reeves. I'm not just sitting up here saying that the dip, the Denver Nuggets are the clear-cut favorite. Okay, we I'm will. not going to do that. We will pump the brakes a little bit, but you are right. The season is right around the corner. And still to come on NBA Today, we took a trip out to Chris Paul's elite guard camp and sat down with the point god to talk about how his leadership could help the Warriors win another championship. Plus, full highlights from the WNBA's Commissioner's Cup. Have the Liberty figured out how to slow down the aces? We break it all down with my girl next. And Kevin Garnett said this is the year that Anthony Davis makes a real run for MVP. Big Perk has some big thoughts about his former teammates' take. Don't go anywhere. This is NBA Today with Chanae. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Best rivalry in the WNBA. There's been so much talk about super teams in the WNBA. New York, Las Vegas. Sabrina is on fire. There's so many weapons for this Aces team. Wilson all the way in. Makes it look easy. It's New York. She's hot. There's just no stopping her. Kelsey Gray, you've been on work. Everybody has been looking forward to this matchup. Could this be a preview of what we see in October? You know what time it is. Now let's talk W, where last night the Liberty squared off against the Aces for the Commissioner's Cup trophy. Here's the highlight. Liberty versus the Aces. This is the final for the Cup, y'all. Let's jump into the second quarter. JJ, Jonquel Jones, knocks down the three. Roz and Bobby are here as well to hype me up. 16 points, 15 rebounds. Yes, for, for I mean, all of us. We can get all <laughs> in here. Uh, watch this here. Stewie knocks one down as well. She had 13 points on the night. She needed that. It was a slow start offensively for her but then things caught up especially for Sabrina you saw her knock down that three then later logo from deep she said I'm step back still in the fourth another contested three 
Sabrina finished with 12 points. The Liberty win 82-63 and win the 2023 Commissioner's Cup. Uh, it's the first piece of hardware that we're bringing home. You know, I think that's really huge for our team, the Liberty, the, the city of Brooklyn, and we just continue to represent and know that, you know, this was a, a big moment for us. This was a goal that we had all season long, and, and we did it, and we did it on the road, which, is e which was even harder. I ask a lot of our big four every, on night in and night out, um, and when they're not, you know, flowing or hitting, it gets real tough. Um, so, um, you know, we're gonna we're just going to have to – Keep it moving, not miss the forest for the trees, because the most important part of the season for us is coming up. Um, and it's only going to get harder. So including the Commissioner's Cup, the Aces have now lost two straight against the Liberty after losing just twice to all other WNBA teams this season. The Liberty have stifled the Aces' league-leading offense, holding them to just 74 points per game. And now it's me, your girl, Chanel Gwimike, here with Bobby Marks and my sis, Roz Gold Omude from Stanford A's Nerds, per. Uh, the Liberty, they appear to have the, you know, the Aces number lately. Roz, I know some people really pointed to the absence of Candace Parker, but what are your overall thoughts on New York's win? Yeah, just the overall general big picture thought here is that the Liberty have maturity and perspective. We knew that they were talented, and a big word that came out at the beginning of the season was, how are all these players going to sacrifice? But in talking with Coach Brun and having their games as a reporter on the season, she talked about knowing that who they were in June is not who they were going to be in August. And they're starting to see that, see that improvement realized. A lot of that has to do, too, with Jacqueline Jones. You know, she's healthy. She's got her conditioning back. She started out the season coming off of that uh, stress reaction in her foot. And so she's a stabilizing force for them, adding rebounding, improving her rebounding since the all-star break. She adds so much versatility to all that they can do on offense. And then, of course, their depth shined last night. They didn't shoot that well as a team, but it was players like Marine Johannes who came yes. out hunting her shot with pace, burning them in transition, any miscommunication. She came out and played with great motor and found shots and knocked them down. Absolutely, and I know we gave a little bit of Stanford love, but I know you went to Maris, Bobby. <laughs> right now, do you think that the Liberty are the best team in the league? I'm not ready to go there right now. I think certainly two statement wins against Las Vegas here. Certainly when you shoot the ball like they did, they did from three, the point differential from three, minus 63 for Las Vegas here. And I think I want to call it a little bit of a lull in the season here. I don't want to call it boredom, certainly when you got your doors blown off in that first game here. But I just think we'll see when we get to, to the playoffs here. These two teams likely will be there when it's all said and done here. But I'm not ready to go there quite yet. But that, especially last night when you're trailing at the half on the road to come back and, and win you know, by double digits. I'm yeah. going to push back just a little bit, though, because there is a tangible piece of hardware that the Liberty can hold on to in this season and feel good about it, even though the Aces have the better record. But like we, we were talking about in the makeup room, <laughs> that first 40 piece that the Liberty beat the Aces in New York by, mm -hmm. we were all willing to say, okay, Wake up call. You can, you have to show up every night. But now they beat them by almost 20 in Vegas. That's I think different. For, for the Aces, they got to get better. They will. <laughs> they they tend to bounce back. We saw how they oh, responded. No, we saw how they responded. But I do like Bobby because Bobby comes to our games. He knows the nitty-gritty. <laughs> he breaks down both leagues. And as someone who has shared the paint with these phenomenal post players, it's not an easy task to slow them down. The Liberty, they played great defense against Vegas. And I – we typically make this move to the board. Will you oh, join me Lord. so we can dive in, Roz? Because Asia is a special talent. But what have you seen by the numbers in this series so far? Let's hit them up there. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you obviously see that there's a downtick in her scoring production. It's the types of shots and the crowds that are around her that are changing that up. One thing we're also not seeing is how the team is shooting from three in the Correct. perimeter to help support Asia Wilson in these situations and create good spacing scenarios for her. Yeah, if they knock down more threes, then they'll have a higher percentage there. So let's look. What did you see on the court? I mean, lack of space, a lot of crowding around Asia Wilson. The Liberty were able to leave Kia Stokes and, and Alicia Clark and put a, bodies like Stewie and, and uh, John Quell Jones around Asia Wilson and clog up the paint and make these shots tough. And not only that, she's catching the ball. She's stagnant. She's not close to the rim. They're doing their work early. She's not even moving with mo catching the ball with mobility towards the rim. And when we point this out, this isn't to say that, oh, this was a failing of Asia Wilson, who was crowded. Look where she's catching it's the ball. It's respect when you're crowded like that. Exactly. And also, you've got to see teammates who are standing, a watch, standing around and watching her with five players looking at her. You've got to burn them. Move. Um, and, and there was a stagnancy to the overall Aces offense. This is a failure of their ability to burn them when, when players are leaving them. You either got to cut or knock down that shot. Yeah, but let's be real here. I mean, this is trends for, like, another MVP year. I know there was yeah. the rivalry between Stewie and then JJ wins it, and I love JJ's Instagram post after because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But nonetheless, I mean, she's doing her thing this so far this season, right, right? Yeah, and you know what? Both of those players in Stewie and, and Asia Wilson were playing great coming into it. Multiple 40-point games for them. They're, yeah. Uh, conference player of the week. We thought we were in for some kind of heavyweight battle. Sometimes this happened. Both didn't have an outstanding offensive production game in the Commissioner's Cup. However, for Asia Wilson, she anchors everything they do on both ends, her motor and intensity in which she plays, the way she changes shots, her block shot or her rebound sets up the pace Absolutely. for the up-tempo way that the Aces play. She's an all-around player, and she is the anchor and heart of this team. Absolutely. And to wrap up our W Talk, Roz, there's been a lot of chatter about expansion in the WNBA. I know the players want it. What are your insider thoughts on having more teams for the W? Well, there have been some reports that uh, Commissioner Kathy Engelbert has just been in Denver uh, meeting with potential ownership groups and things that she's talked about. It's not just about the location of where the team is, but the fit of that ownership group and what they can bring to the table. Think of the praise that Mark Davis has been able to get for the Las Vegas Aces, their practice facility, how wonderful it's been, how how great that they've been able to get fans in the arena and run the, run the program. So it's about fit of an ownership group. And also, look, we've got more celebrity celebrities joining ownership groups. Yep. Viewership is up. Clearly, there's a lot of talent that can't make rosters. There aren't enough spots. These young draft picks aren't making the rosters. So people are excited to see an expansion come to fruition. Just to let you know, Chanae, and to anybody watching, um, this date keeps getting pushed back. Hmm. People are expecting maybe we might see this in 2025 or Please. Please, uh, shout out to Hall of Famer D. Wade because you talked about those yep. celebrities and players yep. that can invest in our league. Tom Brady. Huge. Love it, Tom Brady. But this is what I've been waiting for. Here's our next WNBA matchup on ABC. Saturday afternoon, Asia Wilson and the league-leading Aces host, who? My big sis, Nemkadi Ogumike and the Ooh. Sparks. My squad coverage tips with WNBA countdown at 2.30 oh, Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. You going to be on there? I'll be the reporter for I'll the game. Here for this. I'll be here for this. <laughs> now coming up next on NBA Today, Jonathan Gavoni took a field trip to Chris Paul's elite guard camp and sat down with the future Hall of Fame point guard. Do not miss this interview. And Heat, bam, out of bio. He feels the heat. And he really thinks that they deserve more respect after reaching the finals the second time in four seasons. We discuss how much more respect they should get. Plus, who has more to lose in Philly? James Harden or Dale Murray? We discuss that and so much more. NBA Today will be right back. Do not 
touch that remote. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight-corner pizza with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get five dollars off with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S A V E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today. best point guards to ever set foot on an NBA floor. And since 2008, he's held his CP3 elite guard camp with 24 of the top high school and college guards in the country. Players that have participated in this camp are the likes of Steph Curry, John Morant, Trey Young, Jamal Murray, just to name a few. This year, our draft expert, Jonathan Gavoni, had the chance to go behind the scenes and talk with Chris Paul about the camp and his future. Hard work, and that's all my granddad preached to us day in and day out is that you have to work. I tried to translate that to the basketball court and that if I wanted to play in the NBA someday, I was going to have to work hard. With the fourth pick, let's go first game. All for the win! I write something on my shoes every game and say, can't give up now. Chris Paul, a master maestro. No, puts it in! I'm the most competitive person I ever met. I've never played a game not expecting to win. I just ask y'all to keep competing. One thing that I say, if I could give any advice, the only thing that disappointed me a lot is that all y'all guards, right? Right? Everybody guards. It was so quiet out here. It was so quiet out here. What made you decide to start this camp back in 2008? I think my big reason for starting this camp was just wanting to pass on the knowledge that it's crazy to think back in 08 that I thought I had at the time. <laughs> and um, just being around the game, you know, it gave me an opportunity to get a chance to know a lot of other players better. And I know as a kid, when I was coming into this, uh, I didn't have somebody who was coming to the gym with me and giving me that type of real-life stuff aside from just trying to be the best basketball player. So it's always been about the game, right, the game and learning ins and outs of the game, but also just about life. I promise you, man, these coaches will tell you, most guys do not play in the NBA, not because you can't get a bucket, right? You gotta realize, most guys get to the league off of average in 25 and 30, but it's only a few guys who get the opportunity to do that, right? 
How has the, you know, the, the responsibility of a point guard changed since you first started doing this camp in 2008 in terms of the curriculum that we're seeing here? It's constantly changing. You know, point guards now score a lot more, the game's a lot faster. Uh, and that's fine. And I think that's what's cool about the game is you gotta be able to adapt. You gotta be able to change with it. I can still put myself back as a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old, and when I see some of these kids now at their age and their abilities, I'll be like, damn. <laughs> I couldn't do that when I was 16 or 17, and that's what's so crazy about the game and what's, what you gotta appreciate about it. You know, and you can't hate, you can't be like, dang, they get a chance to do this. All, all I try to do is to be some type of vessel to maybe help them in their journey, and that's why I'm out here constantly, you know, learning and competing with these kids because they got a lot of things in their bag and their repertoire that I, I don't have. And so just one thing to, to, to coach them and tell them what you see, but I think they all really love to compete against you. So, I mean, who knows how many more years I'm gonna play or whatnot, but uh, I, I can't imagine a day that I can't get out there and play basketball with them because as excited as they are, I'm probably more excited because it's a respect thing. The players want to see you do the work. So I think it's always been cool and very important for me to not only have the camp, but to get out there and play basketball with them and let them know that I'm, I'm doing the work just like them. It seems like this camp has become kind of a rite of passage for, for point guards. I was doing some research, you know, for past years, and I think one of the moments that stood out to me, you know, was the, the John Morant dunk at 2018. Oh. It feels like that was kind of the moment where he went from being off the radar to like, you know, this guy's going to be a lottery pick. This guy's someone we really need to focus on. Yeah, man, it's, it's been really cool. Uh, once you come to camp, you immediately part of our family. And Ja, I remember when he came to camp, uh, out of Murray State. A lot of people didn't know who he was. And as soon as he left camp, he was on everybody's radar and it moved up to like the top point guard in the country. And definitely not because of me, but if I could be a part of his story, then I, I appreciate it. I got a chance to know him really well and his family. And, uh, you know, after that camp, I, I definitely became one of his biggest fans. Steph was a camper in the first one, 2008. Um, now he's your teammate with the Golden State Warriors. What does that mean for you at this, at this point in your career? Man, it means a lot. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about Steph, you know, Draymond, Clay, all the different guys, Wig. You know what I mean? I'm excited to, for us to get together and see what it looks like. Yeah, man, it's just crazy how life works. You know what I mean? But when it comes to basketball, like, I'm close to my happiest. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm obviously happiest when I'm with my family and all that, but basketball is like my safe haven. Been that way for a long time. And, I've been fortunate enough to play with some of the best players to ever play in the league. And so now to be able to play with, you know, Steph Clay and all these guys, I'm excited about what I can learn. Because when you're in the gym with, with greatness and stuff, you, you bring what you know to the table, but you also absorb everything they got with them. What was he like in, back then as, as a camper in 2008? Any memories from that, from that camp? Steph's always been a hard worker. You know what I mean? And when you work like that, then good things are, are bound to happen, which is why he's had the career that he's had. And if anybody know him, he, know, he ain't satisfied. What's your role going to be for the Warriors this season? I won't know that till we get to camp. You know what I mean? Or till we get together. You know what I mean? So we ain't had any team meetings or whatnot. But it's crazy. And tell you in all honesty, probably the same thing it's always been. You know what I mean? To hoop, leadership. You know, all these years of playing, 
the game don't change with so much, you know, so uh, I think I'm excited to sort of figure that out, you know, so I'm gonna go out and hoop. I love that. Just go out there and hoop. We're back with Miss Congeniality, Roscoe, and <laughs> Perk. So Chris Paul joined Steph Curry as a leader in the locker room this season. Roz, you're an expert on all things Golden State from your time there. Why do you think CP3 partnering with Steph will work for the Dubs? Well, I think like anybody else, we all thought in hearing this news that it was an odd pairing. Um, maybe some people might think it's going to be awkward. Certainly, Chris Paul ha has been rivals with Steph and the Warriors, and um, there's definitely reports about the strong personality of Chris Paul in the locker room. You know, could that affect the, the, the chemistry for the Warriors? And so, from my perspective as someone who has been around the Warriors and covered Steph for a long time, not only is he an, an excellent player, but I think so much of the special things this Warriors group has been able to do over the years has a lot to do with who he is as a person and as a leader. His leadership style, the fact that he is egoless, he has a way of disarming people and he gets a lot of respect. He's no slouch. He's well respected. So if there's any superstar that could make um, his locker room a safe space for a rival, um, perhaps an odd pairing, it is Stephen Curry. And his leadership permeates the rest of the team. Everyone else must get on board and they'll follow suit. So I think, you know, Chris said, I don't really even know what my role is. I think as long as they, everyone comes to the table and puts the, the ego aside, um, Chris Paul could provide a nice change up to the style of offensive play that relies so heavily on all that Steph can do and create. Absolutely. I was at an event with Steph two days ago and it was a lot of new people in the room. He did not meet a stranger there. He's just right. inviting, engaging, and just a great teammate, whether it is on the court and in business, you know, in his business moves. But Perk, how much do you think CP3 will impact the Warriors championship for suit this season? <laughs> he better impact it because this is his last opportunity, in my opinion, of actually winning the championship. And we, we always talk about, and Roz, that was a great point. You brought up the situation of how him and Steph are going to work alongside of one another. Well, Steph could play off the ball. My thing is, is how in late game situations is Steve Kerr going to utilize Draymond Green and Chris Paul? Because Draymond Green has actually been the point guard for that team over the last two years, initiating their offense, pushing the pace, running the offense through him while you see Steph and Clay back screening and cutting and, you know, popping back and not actually being great screen setters. So when I look at CP3, one, he's going to have to change his his way of playing and play more off the ball, probably lead the second unit with Jonathan Kaminga and and, 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 and and those young guys as far as getting them involved and getting the best out of them. But if Chris Paul want to capitalize on winning the championship, I believe this is his last opportunity right now with the Golden State Warriors, and he has to make the best of it. Yeah, it's not a bad place to be to try to shoot your shot at a championship. <laughs> now with our front office insider, Bobby Marks. Bobby, the Warriors have some real decisions to make when it comes to training camp starting. Can you break it all down for us? Well, we're going to go to the touchscreen to okay. go break it down. So come on over with me. Oh, you want I, us to come? I, all right. I think it's all going to depend on what we see with Klay Thompson here. That's that's my big question mark right now. As, as it pertains to the lineup, as right? As it pertains to the lineup. And we're going to talk about Chris Paul in a minute. Now, here's the thing. 
34 year old in February. He's extension eligible, four years, $223 million. Do I think he's going to get that? No, but I think when you look at Draymond Green getting a new contract, Steph Curry having three years left, could it be in that three to $100 million range here? Coming off last year, 69 games, 22 points. Now this is what, that's what impresses me. Okay. You're starting to see his lift back coming off that in, uh, injury. The first time since 2014-15. And I just think for where this Warriors lineup right now, he's he's the X factor. Really? Clay Thompson is the X factor here. Certainly that contract's going to come into play here. Yeah, I love what I heard from Clay in the podcast P interview. He was like saying, hey, I had some beefs, but nonetheless, I'm glad to be back and feel more like myself. Um, what else did you see from the Warriors, you know, looking forward to their their next moves, incorporating Chris Paul? Because I know the Jordan Poole swap was a thing. It was a well, factor. It, it is, and this is kind of where their bench is right now. And we have Chris Paul on here. And here's here's some of the questions here. Next two years, is it a 400 and 400 million dollar team? Luxury tax and They've been salary. up there. Now here's the question. We're looking at 400 for next year. That includes Chris Paul back on a non-guaranteed contract and extending Klay Thompson. So you lose Chris Paul, how do you replace him? Now here's gonna be the big thing. You know how many games coming off the bench? Zero. Oh, wow. Now, is he going to start? Is he going to come off the bench? Is he going to finish games? That's a big question. The young kids, Moody and Kaminga, certainly X factors as far as what type of role do they play? And then, of course, has the championship window closed? Are they better than Denver, Phoenix, the Lakers, Sacramento? Oh, that list is long. So that's a big question there. And certainly, this is the year. If they're going to go out and win a championship, this is the year. Yeah, the time is now. Well, coming up next, the mics have been hot all summer long. What Kevin Garnett expects for Anthony Davis in the next two seasons. Speaking of championship windows, NBA Today will be right back after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching NBA Today. 
time for our hot summer Mike's tour, and our stop has us heading to where? South Beach, where Bam Adebayo says the Heat need more respect. Check out what he said on Playmaker HQ. Me and my team have been to the finals twice out of the last four years, but every year they'd be like, oh, Miami is a dark horse. Miami's not good enough to do that again. The first time was a fluke. It, it's a lot of disrespect that we've been to two finals in the last four years. We've been to three Eastern, Eastern Conference finals in the last four years, and I don't think anybody else in the East has done that in the last four years. I'm here for the consistent do-rag, but uh, Roz, <laughs> do Bam and the Heat get enough respect? You know what? I covered them all the way through their playoff run to the NBA Finals, and full stop, they deserve respect. Full stop. But as far as being a dark horse, they were an AC. They barely made the playoffs. They were inconsistent all regular season. A lot of that had to do with injury, but like... They are deserving of the way people regarded them based off of their regular season play. Now, there is an appropriate respect and fear for the Heat. I think most teams, whether they're an eight seed or a one seed, you aren't thrilled to have to line up against them. And finally, for Bam, like, this is somebody who is walking the walk. He embodies everything the Heat are about. When he is playing so hard on the offensive and defensive end and putting so much effort out there, yep. he improves every season. So, you know, you cannot take away from what he's asking for. He's deserving of the respect that he's demanding. Keep that chip on your shoulder, man. We like that. We have another hot mic. Here's Kevin Garnett from Showtime Basketball's KG Certified. I'm expecting Anthony Davis to be MVP in these next two years or something. Real it's time, bro. It's time. You can't let Joker come in the league and surpass. Nah, nah, That's nah. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a Anthony Davis can do Everything Joker can do. He can do everything Embiid can do. The f are you talking about, dog? I'm expecting him to be MVP, if not this year, definitely next year. Straight up. Those two body languages were giving two completely different things. I love it. Perk, you've said that AD is an MVP talent before. Do you agree with your former teammate, KG? You know what? I'm not mad at him for saying that. And AD should have it on his list to win the MVP in the next couple of years. I don't have Anthony Davis winning the MVP this year. Pass me the mic so I can wreck it a little bit. But look, AD is a talent. AD is an exceptional top five talent in the league. Again, it's all about health. But if you asking me about my MVP pick, and I'm going to throw the producers off for a second because that's what I do. Sorry, Jaren. Sorry, Demetrius, but I got to dive into my bag. I'm going with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to come back with it on his mind. He's going to capture his third MVP. That's who I got coming into the season for us winning the MVP, and he's going to win the MVP. I'm not mad at the big fella pick for his AD or calling AD out or holding him to a high standard. I'm just not rolling with it. Not this season. And that's what I love about Hot Mics and Perk. They're consistent. It's what? Wednesday, August 16th, and we already have our MVP pick <laughs> for next year. Here for you, it Perk. was a very bold one. Very bold, but it's actually like, you know, it's a safe one. It's a safe one. Still to come on NBA Today, the fallout between the Sixers and James Harden unfortunately continues. Who has more to lose, Harden or Maury? We discuss that next on NBA Today.
Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Chanae Ogumake here with Big Perk, Bobby Marks, and Tim McMahon. To Philly we go. The 76ers are midway through another tumultuous offseason. And Tim, our producer, Demetrio, he was very fired up talking about Harden this morning. He said that you were very motivated to talk about whether Daryl Morey has more to lose or James Harden. So the floor is yours. Well, that's the thing. I don't think this is a situation that we're going to get to the end and say there's a, there's a winner. I think there's going to be a lot of losers the way this is playing out. The, the bridges are being burned. You know, a lot of the ugliest divorces, there were very loving relationships at one point. That's the way this thing is going down. But who has more to lose? It's got to be Daryl Morey because, let's be honest, this is not about can he short-term salvage the relationship with James Harden, which I highly doubt. This is about is Joel Embiid going to watch this thing unfold and at a certain point stop just, you know, deleting things on a social media and start, hey, it ain't happening. It's time for me to go. This is about are you going to basically blow up the future of the Philadelphia franchise? And if Embiid wants out, it's over. Yeah, so it seems like it's not just this direct relationship. It's like, oh, no, this can impact the entire future of a franchise, and that's more on Daryl Morey's hands. Now, Bobby, how do you see this playing out in Philly? I think James Harden is going to report to camp. I think James Harden is going to have a good season, and I think if there's a trade when we get closer to February, James Harden will be traded here. And I think it's a lot easier to get more value for James Harden during the regular season when there's a team, maybe the Clippers, who are close to maybe winning a championship, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are healthy, and they feel like he's the missing piece, and they're willing to give up more than they are right now here. And I think both sides need each other. That's that's the key here. That's true, so keep it nice, guys. Keep it nice, please. No drama. Now, Perk, you and I are from Houston. We know the roots of their relationship, Daryl Morey and James Harden. How do you see this saga impacting the big man, though, the reigning MVP in Joel Embiid? Well, first of all, let me say this. All right, J- James Harden is tripping right now. He's tripping. We're talking about a guy, right, that is coming towards the tail end of his career, okay? He actually had an opportunity to get some fillers before he decided to opt in into his contract to see what his value was like. His value must have not been as high as he thought it was, okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is... You went and you criticized and you called out a guy, a friend, that value value you more than anybody in the league. James Harden has everything to lose, and if he's not if he's if he's not careful, he could possibly be out the league after next year. Because here's the thing: trust you can't trust him. He's been disgruntled for the last four out of five years with the Rockets, the Nets, and now the Philadelphia 76ers. And the NBA don't need him. The NBA don't need anybody. They move on from old superstars. They have a, a, a bunch of young superstars coming in every single year that could replace them. The league moves on. James Harden has everything to lose. He does, but I also do think that Sixers fans might have something to say about it after trusting the process. But tomorrow is going to be fun, you guys, because we have something special cooking up for you guys because it's the NBA schedule release extravaganza right here on ESPN2. Check it out. That's tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, and we will break down what the schedule is going to look like moving forward. We will be back in 60 seconds.
get your slam on. The Slam Ball Summer Schedule finishes up Thursday night with the championship game at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Part basketball, football, and hockey in a cage with trampolines. And Marshawn Lynch, what? Marshawn. What do you think of Slam Ball so far? So far, I'm going to tell okay. you straight up, it's been an amazing experience. One that I would continue to like to watch. But as far as getting out there and doing it, I'm going to sit my right here in this seat. <laughs> so Marshawn Lynch wasn't just in the booth. Check out Beast Mode last night trying to get his slam ball on. You see how it turned out? It's difficult. It's not so easy. Perk, what, what do you think would happen um, back now with Bobby, Tim McMahon, and Perk? What do you think will happen if you try this out, Perk? Do you think you'd be able to, well, to dunk I actually, it? I I actually, yeah, I actually want to try it. I just want to know if it's a weight restriction. You know what I'm saying? If it's a weight limit. But if it's not, put sign me up. Sign me up. Because that's one direction, slam ball. Like it's drop ball if it's perk. But Bobby, uh, you watch this, right? This looks a lot easier than what Marshawn Lynch just did. Now, I could do this, but I can't do what Marshawn Lynch did. And this this is entertaining, but I think Marshawn showed us that. It's not, not for everyone. It's not for everyone. This reminds me of, like, the acts that we get in the NBA in between timeouts. Like, you're actually invested to see if they make it. Slam ball is not easy. But, Perk, I think maybe, you know, with a couple trampolines under, you could get up there. You could get up there, fam. <laughs> we'll have our scheduling special tomorrow. Make sure you join us. It'll be a good one. Find out where your favorite team is playing, when, who, and where.